Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. While AI can't eliminate the pain of loss, it can definitely make the memories last. We've got that creepy story, plus Dutch farmers fight to farm. But first, Japan Prime Minister seeks major upgrade of NATO partnership after Russia's war. We grab this from Kyoto News. Japan intends to upgrade its partnership with NATO significantly after Russia's war against Ukraine as the security of Europe is inseparable from that of Asia, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said Wednesday hailing the Western Alliance's engagement in the Indo-Pacific region. Kishida attended a summit of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization in Spain as the first Japanese leader to do so, highlighting the expanding reach of an alliance that faces challenges posed by alien versus predator, oh wait, I mean Russia and China. The two-day summit, I got I to work in an Arnold joke the second week in a row. The two-day summit through Thursday the 30th, pretty much right as we speak, as we are taping this right now, we'll see NATO members commit to bolstering defenses in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It adopted a new strategic concept, capitalized, the alliance's guiding document for the next decade that mentioned China for the very first time. NATO has invited to the gathering of the leaders of Japan, South Korea, Australia, and New Zealand, which the Brussels-based organization view as its Asia-Pacific partner countries, also a completely unprecedented move. NATO, plus those four nations, will agree to create a roadmap for expanded cooperation, the U.S. government said, in a document outlining the expected outcome of the summit. So to break it down, they're going to make a document about the document that they're going to make. James, a couple of quick trick questions before I throw it to you. Why are Israel and Australia in that Eurovision song contest? Uh, oh, because Eurovision was created by NATO as essentially a media psyop. I've got the PDF for you. It's in their own documents. So I guess that maybe answers my second trick question. Why is Japan at NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty? Of course, I can joke that I, I went to dumb public school. I'm pretty sure, though, Japan is very specifically Pacific and not Atlantic, right? Uh, oh man, now you're taxing my, uh, my geography. I know. Let, me, let me get the globe. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, it's definitely Japan is in the Pacific. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, right? And... People might remember from my archives, I used to talk to Rick Rosov of Stop NATO International. I've talked to him several times. I would suggest people check out those conversations, including one that we held in October of 2012, talking about the expansionism of NATO at that time and joking about the increasingly inaccurately named North Atlantic Treaty Organization with its partnerships in the Mediterranean and Central Asia and even East Asia, as we were pointing out at that time. Things got even crazier after that. I think we covered it on New World Next Week. I know I wrote an editorial about it a few years ago at the NATO summit where they um, announced that they were expanding their operational um, domain into space. Yes, now NATO is going to be part of the weaponization of space. So, yeah, inviting Japan and Australia and South Korea uh, and New Zealand as participants or sideline um, viewers of this summit perhaps is just in line with that general expansionism. 
And yes, for people who are keeping track at home, uh, NATO has now released their 2022 strategic concept document. It's their first strategic concept document they've released since 2010. And in 2010, the document didn't even mention China directly or indirectly and mentioned the possibility of perhaps cooperation with Russia on certain strategic goals because Eurasia was in a time of peace and stability. Oh my, what a difference a decade makes. Yeah, as you can imagine, the 2022 document is not quite like that. Now, of course, of course, it starts talking about Russian aggression in Europe and the threatening the European security order, and then goes on quite specifically to call out China as a threat to NATO. Um, the People's Republic of China stated ambitions and coercive policies challenge our interests, security, and values. The PRC employs a broad range of political, economic, and military tools to increase its global footprint and project power while remaining opaque about its strategy, intentions, and military buildup. The PRC's malicious hybrid and cyber operations and its confrontational rhetoric and disinformation target allies and harm alliance security. The P PRC seeks to control key technological and etc. etc. You get the tenor of that paragraph. But don't worry, the very next paragraph, we remain open to constructive engagement with the PRC. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so it's it's obviously, I mean, this shouldn't be surprising, but at, at any rate, it is finally out there in the open on the record that they are really aiming the NATO alliance at Russia and China. This uh, I've been talking about the, the forming of these battle lines for years and years and years now, and we all knew it was happening, but now they're making it quite literal and quite out in the open. Um, if you want some a, a fairly detailed article about the document and responses to the document, uh, I'll throw in a link to a South China Morning Post article. NATO leaders say China is a systemic challenge to Euro-Atlantic security which is an interesting formulation. Again, you might, you might want to check one of these globes. Maybe, maybe we can afford to buy one for NATO at some point. But um, uh, it, it has some interesting reactions, including uh, uh, the Chinese foreign minister who said, how can an Asia-Pacific China pose any challenge to the security of a North Atlantic military alliance? In fact, it's the other way around. It's NATO that dropped bombs on a Chinese embassy, referring to the 1999 bombing. So... Shots fired, rhetorically, this time, um, but it's a good point. And in fact, it's one of those things where if you, want, if you want to know more about China, look at NATO propaganda. If you want to know more about NATO, look at China propaganda. They can both accurately point fingers at the bad things the other person is doing, just not talking about what's pointing back. So in this case, uh, I'll throw in a link to literal Chicom propaganda from Global Times. NATO expansionist agenda, a threat to global security, a U.S. tool to control EU and enhance hegemonic manipulation capacity, which is quite a mouthful. It's quite an article, and it's got a lot of detailed and I think quite accurate information about NATO expansionism and what it means, uh, including, for example, the most remarkable aspect of this ideological consistency is the nature of the expansion of Western civilization, which, from the very beginning, took world conquest as its mission. Therefore, as a military tool, NATO's defense can maintain its strong expansion capacity. And it goes into a great degree of detail about various events in NATO's history and the ways that expansionism has been uh, forwarded as a tool of U.S. hegemonic foreign policy. Again, I think it's actually quite accurate in a lot of what it's saying there. Um, and of course, the other side of this is Russia. 
And lo and behold, just on the eve of the summit, we had Russia's Medvedev says any NATO encroachment on Crimea, Crimea could lead to World War III. Um, talking specifically about, um, for us, Crimea is part of Russia, and that means forever. Any attempt to encroach on Crimea is a declaration of war against our country, and if this is done by a NATO member state, this means conflict with the entire North Atlantic Alliance, a World War III, a complete catastrophe. Not mincing words. I think the diplomatic gloves are, are coming off, shall we say. And, of course... The other big update um, from this conference, Turkey, Finland, and Sweden sign agreement, paving the way for Finnish and Swedish NATO membership. So they've ironed out all those wrinkles and done some of their back deals. I'll throw in an antiwar.com article with some details about what Turkey was trying to get out of Sweden and Finland and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, looks like Sweden and Finland are going to be joining the NATO alliance soon. So just increasing and increasing and ratcheting up that tension and putting the rhetoric out in the open, directly pointing the finger at Russia and China, saying you are our enemy. Stuff's getting real, um, real quick out here. I've been playing for the last several months on my stream what I call class classic episodes of Media Monarchy, which of course include classic episodes of New World Next Week and some of the work, again, you and I have been doing since going back to 2009, since the work we've been doing together since 2009. Besides all the just fun, esoteric synchronicities, there's an awful lot about NATO and Ukraine, I find, on these episodes from 2012 during the Obama and Biden years. The seeds planted then are sprouting horrible fruit now. And again, this is this just reminds me, I think, of a lot of things, places, whether it's <laughs> record labels or whatever. Mission creep. It gets to this point where everything has to be everything to everyone at all the time. Apple started out just making some cool devices. Now they want me to watch Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV. A silly but interesting example. That's our first segment on this New World Next Week, episode 490. We've been doing New World Next Week since, I believe, October 2009. And our second story this week, another really interesting, really important one, James, from one prime minister to another. Dutch prime minister condemns protests by farmers at minister's home. The Dutch prime minister on Wednesday condemned a violent protest by farmers outside the home of the country's agricultural minister amid increasingly bold demonstrations against the government's plan to rein in pollution. A small group of farmers clashed Tuesday night with police stationed outside the home of Christiane van der Waal, the cabinet minister overseeing the Netherlands' reforms to curb pollution. They spread manure on a nearby street. At another protest, farmers attacked a police car. Several arrests were made. The violence capped a second straight day of protests that included torching bales of hay near roads and blocking highways across the country with slow driving or parked tractors. If, if that sounds vaguely familiar to something we saw, I believe, just a few months ago. The protests resumed Wednesday with dozens of tractors briefly blocking, blocking a highway close to the German border, traffic authorities said. The Netherlands' lucrative agricultural sector, those greedy farmers driving around in their limousines. The Netherlands' lucrative agricultural sector is protesting against a proposal approved by lawmakers Tuesday to reduce emissions of pollutants like nitrogen oxide and ammonia by 50% by, oh, I don't know, let's say 2030. 
Provincial governments were given a year to draw up ways of making the cuts, which are expected to include buying out some farms with livestock that produce large amounts of ammonia. Buy them out, boys! Remember, remember that joke from the good old 90s Simpsons where Gates buys everything up so he can destroy it? In related news, Bill Gates' farmland purchase of North Dakota has locals livid. The good news pushed back to this, maybe we shall see. Bill Gates' land purchase triggers probe because trusts and corporations can't own ranches or farmland in North Dakota. The state authorities say, James, this is what we were wondering. I don't, I don't understand maybe what would stop Gates from saying, okay, well, here's, here's just a personal check from me, Dr. Gates. Uh, but I've got some of the pre-protest stories in the Netherlands included as well. Road school closures as Village gears up for farmers' protests. So they were, again, they were kind of priming the pump to get people freaked out about this. Up to 40,000 farmers demonstrate against farm closures and Dutch farmers protest livestock cuts to curb nitrogen. I talked about a lot of this and more on my Food World Order Wednesday morning show this morning for June 29th. It's got pretty fantastic fake album art as the cover uh farmer billy's this land is my land i think really you can tell a lot about what's really going on by noticing which classes are allowed to riot and when they're told to riot and when they'll get great news coverage for rioting it seems like fighting for your right to die by government is is way more popular right now than fighting to grow food James, I could have said it after the end of the previous segment. This whole era is going to make for a real spicy section in the history books that they're going to have to burn in the future. James? You're exactly right about that observation. I mean, truckers in Canada? No, 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 no. Farmers in the Netherlands? No, 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 no. Blue-haired androgenes in Portland? Yeah, you can go riot. Yeah, that's the good kind of riot, and we'll give you good coverage. Yeah, it's almost as if framing the narrative is the most important part of all of this. And it's almost as if that's why so many billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent every year trying to propagandize the public and trying to control the media outlets that get to set that narrative, which is why it's so important what we covered last week, the declining trust in news media. Uh, they are not getting away with the tricks as easily anymore as the divergence between what is happening on the ground to real people and what policies they're trying to set. As that divergence widens, I think people are starting to see, oh, the media is total propaganda, and they're trying to control our minds and our perceptions. And there's a, some interesting quotes in this article about that. For example, um, where they quote the national police chief, the Dutch national police chief, Willem Wolders, saying, the right to demonstrate is a great asset, but there are limits to it. If there is a disturbance of public order or criminal offenses are committed, we will take action. And I think we can all see the parallels of this story to what's happening in a number of different places around the world right now. Um, and so y there's a lot to say about this particular issue and about farmers being targeted essentially by these Agenda 2030 policies that are starting to go in and making it harder and harder for farmers to actually do their job, which, oh, by the way, someone like Bill Gates will step in with their bio milk and bio meat and all of this lab-grown garbage goop that will be the synthetic substitute for food of the future. It's almost as if it's a coordinated agenda. 
But I want to step back for a second and look at the bigger, bigger sort of historical sweep of what's going on right now and tie it back to an article that I'll, I've mentioned a few times. I'll mention it again. It's called Your Guide to a World on Fire, which I wrote in November of 2019. November of 2019, just before we stepped into the new biosecurity paradigm and all of all thought of protest was squelched, we had Bolivia and Chile and France and Hong Kong and Iraq and all of these places kicking off with protests and coup d'etats and all this crazy stuff happening all around the world. And I wrote in that article, you know, what's ha- what's going to come next? There's there's clearly some massive worldwide disturbance coming uh, down the pipe here. And we saw exactly how the system responds to that. They create the excuse for cracking down on any dissent and locking people up in their own homes. So I I think there is a bigger story going on in terms of the way dissent and uh, and riot and reaction to various government policies is being framed in country after country, obviously in the United States. Now, you've had Pepsi getting to say, look at Coke and their terrible January 6th insurrection, and now Coke gets to say, look at Pepsi and their insurrection against the Supreme Court, and you get to frame it, of course, uh, in in that way all the time, so that now there is no protest, there's only domestic terrorism and insurrection, and it's a, this existential game for all the marbles. And that's happening, I think, all over the place. I mentioned, of course, Canada and the trucker movement thing that, remember that? That was just six months ago, and yet it's almost like it was an, an entire era ago. Anyway, yes, this is happening all over the world, and it's an inevitable perfectly predictable result of the ratcheting up of these oligarchical policies of trying to more and more tightly control the population. Of course the population is going to rise up against that. That's precisely why this entire domestic terrorist narrative has been created and it's now being slotted into place to try to control people more and more carefully. The media is a huge linchpin in that system of control, trying to control the narrative. And and uh, this protest is allowed. This protest is not allowed. Um, obviously, people who are watching us have broken through that paradigm and are not listening to CNN. To uh, should I should I be on board with these Dutch farmers or are they horrible terrorists? Let me let me find out what wolf blitzer thinks i don't know is he still around i don't even know i don't even care who cares anymore but so we are making progress um but this is i I hope people understand the gravity of what we're facing right now because we are in a world where things are getting crazier and crazier and crazier by design and i think the the people who want to be in control of the world know that it is heading this way and are setting the stages and steps in order to try to control that descent and even as much as we pre-produce and cram into these episodes, even as we go through it right now, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Justice Breyer announced today that he's going to step down. The Supreme Court in the United States, unelected, you are in for life unless you want to retire. So now one of the guys who said, hey, we should overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, and also I'm out. That also means, of course, who gets a shot at putting somebody else in on SCOTUS? Oh my gosh, maybe Brandon can put someone in and undo this. Again, that's the two-party illusion. They keep it like, tune in next week and we'll really tell you the answer. However, will they make order out of all their chaos they've created? James, we talked about this pre-show. We need to do this update. There was no real great spot to do it, so here's where I'll cram this update in. R. Kelly was just sentenced today 
to 30 years for sex trafficking. That's 10 more years than Ghislaine got last week as well for, I, I believe, the same charge of sex trafficking. So another perfect way of framing the narrative, shining the light on the things they want you to get outraged, the things they want you to cheer and jeer, and completely ignoring the other things. I mean, we're weirdos, so Ghislaine getting sentenced to 20 years was breaking news between all of us. I, of course, messaged you guys immediately. Oh, there it is. She got 20 years. Let's see. I'd give her six months, but if they don't go the Epstein way, I, she won't do five years. I would I would bet a milkshake on that. Hi, yi, yi. Well, what else could we possibly talk about on this New World Next Week episode 490? Well, Amazon shows off Alexa feature that mimics the voices of your dead relatives. Amazon, who I refer to on my morning show as the hallway, air and space, MGM compost. They, they bought the naming rights of the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., Amazon has revealed an experimental Alexa feature that allows the AI assistant to mimic the voices of users' dead relatives. The company demoed the feature at its annual Mars conference, showing a video in which a child asks Alexa to read a bedtime story in the voice of his dead mama. As you saw in this experience, instead of Alexa's voice reading the book, it's the kid's grandma's voice said Rohit Prasad, Amazon's head scientist for Alexa AI. Prasad introduced the clip by saying that adding human attributes to AI systems was increasingly important in these times of the ongoing pandemic when so many of us have lost someone we love. While AI can't eliminate that pain of loss, it can definitely make their memories last, said Prasad. And you can watch the demo itself. We will include the link. It's actually timestamped to start at the relevant part because it's an hours long thing. I looked, James, I looked all over for any published material, press releases on this and found nothing but their own website, of course, filled with videos and headshots. Learn more about Amazon, RE Mars. But I guess here's the actual answer. It's just another creepy stunt from your eugenics-obsessed post-humanist overlords. Scroll down a little bit more. Amazon has given no indication whether this feature will ever be made public, but says its systems can learn to imitate someone's voice from just a single minute of recorded audio in an age of abundant videos and voice notes. This means it's well within the average consumer's reach to clone the voices of loved ones or anyone else they like, you know, like awesome alternative media hosts who maybe might tell you, hey, throw all this crap away out of your house. James, weird. This is the thin edge of a very large wedge of a psychological operation that will take years, I'm sure, to play out to its fruition. And I think the end goal of this is going to be to try to convince people uh, that the the virtual world is the real world now. And that's, I think, the long-term goal of this. And one way of getting there is to convince people that algorithms that can mimic someone's voice or their the way that they speak or the things that they speak about, that is the person, more or less. I mean, you don't ever lose someone because you can keep them in the digital world. And of course, we know ultimately this is the Ray 
Ray Kurzweil, Ramona Kurzweil fantasy of living living forever in the machine, right? Um, the the funniest part is this isn't even really new, new, is it? Because I will throw in the flashback to the um, 2020 edition of Propaganda Watch. I watched the Super Bowl commercials so you don't have to, where I was watching along with uh, Brock West, video editor extraordinaire, and we watched that Google um, video about the grandfather, you know, t- remind me of my wife or whatever it was. Uh, he's losing his marbles and he's getting Google Assistant to put together the package of information about his wife so he can remember her and all of this. Again, it's the idea of we will we will live on in the machine. So put all of your life in the digital world. And obviously, the, these are very tiny and perhaps fairly inconsequential um, steps towards that. But the end goal is going to be trying to convince you to basically, you know, you don't need to live this physical world reality. Just strap on the VR goggles and live your life in the machine. That's the way to go. Um, Obviously, that's a lie. Obviously, I don't even think it will be technologically feasible for them to really pull it off, but enough so that enough people will get diverted from the real world um, is the the real worry, I think, of this. So, obviously recognize this for what it is. It is propaganda and reject it and maybe think about how much time and effort and uh, mental energies we are putting into our devices and our machines and spending in mediated reality instead of in the real world. We can remember it for you wholesale, I believe was the short story from PKD. (laughs) <laughs> Again, we're learning so much on this episode as we go through it in real time. Did Ray Kurzweil transition? That's uh, a new one to me, dude. No, but if you see my uh, video on uh, the what what is the trans agenda, you will find out more about. I think it's is it Ramona or R- Rowena? I forget. Anyway, you can find out more about that in that video. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just put a bunch of speakers in your house and make it talk like your dad died suddenly. In case you're wondering why everyone seems suddenly insane. And they're and they're not just drunk like this guy. Japan City loses USB drive with info on all 460,000 residents. An employee of a company commissioned to assist a city's rollout of COVID-19 relief funds. So you're already in scam territory lost a bag that had the flash drive inside with the complete personal details of nearly half a million people after dining and drinking at a restaurant in a city just east of Kobe. I bring that story up, one, I think because it's a pretty hilarious reminder that you're never safe with the state and that their lies about the safety and security of your body and data are indeed just that, lies. And that, too, is my clumsy transition way to announce we got our USB drives in. Corber Report, 2007 to 2008 data archive on USB drive. That is now shipping out from newworldnextweek.com. In other awesome news, who is Bill Gates? Also back in stock as well, because, of course, that is very relevant to what we are discussing here, James. All of that and more can, again, all be found at newworldnextweek.com. It's so funny. James, you remember, I used to just, I I own newworldnextweek.com. I've had it essentially as the place where we had the playlist from YouTube that would auto-update whenever we posted a new episode. Of course, all of that is completely wrecked over these last two to six years. 
So newworldnextweek.com is now the store to help, of course, spread this information that has been knocked off of the other platforms. Sign up to get email notifications, again, about the brand new stuff, about the back-end stocks, and I guess, James, other than that, the business of holidays here in the States. We will be off next week. Off next week, at least from New World Next Week, as I'm taking some summer R&R off from the Media Monarchy Kingdom as well. You guys, uh, you're, you're, you're only going to be building up and getting closer to more stuff. Indeed, there will be some big things happening in July in Corporate Report World, so stay tuned for that, and I'm um, looking forward to talking to you again in a couple weeks, a few weeks. Anyway, we'll see you when we see you. James, thanks for the stories. All right, buddy. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much.